and welcome back to This Is Life. Your host today is Kim Wilkerson from North Carolina. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of This Is Life. Today is a special occasion because this is going to actually be a combo podcast slash videocast of This Is Life and Enjoying Life. So we're going to take a second <laughs> and go around and introduce all of our guests today who have just finished up a week-long mission trip at an indigenous town here close to us. And we'll talk again more about that in a few minutes. But again, my name is Reggie, and we're going to go to my left and all the way around. And then Kim, you take it over from there. All right. I'm Kim Wilkerson from Enjoying Life. I'm Bob Starr. I'm Eva Rogers. I am Sonia Nicole Twitty from Polk County, North Carolina. My name is Carly Nichols, and I live here. And I'm Ed Somerville. All right. Thank you guys again for being with us today. And we are on location today. We have a team of missionaries. Everybody in here is a missionary. And um, just so thankful to be here today. And uh, so we're going to talk to Reggie and Carly Nichols. And thank you guys for allowing us to be here in your home. And uh, they have hosted us uh, a couple of times. We we didn't stay gone too long. Uh, we got came back fast. And, uh, you did. And so we appreciate that. So um, we talked a little bit uh, the other day, but since this is um, t- a topic about missions, uh, I have a few questions that I want to ask you guys. You have an amazing story. Uh, Ed has an amazing story. Uh, we all have an amazing story. Uh, but we're going to start off with the Nichols, Reggie and Carly. Beautiful, beautiful uh, team, family, wonderful children. Would you uh, uh, actually tell us your children's names and ages before we get started? Yeah, sure. So we have four children, Selah, Levi, or he goes by Noche, Wesley, and Harmony. So they are ages 16, 15, 12, and 10, girl, boy, girl, girl. So if you're writing it down, (laughs) it's easy to remember. All right. So... um, What I want to talk about today is uh, I would like for you guys to tell us a little bit about how God inspired you to do missions. So for me specifically, um, man, my story actually goes back even further than what we talked actually last Mm -hmm. week. I feel like for whatever reason, God planted this dream of mine in in my heart. Um, I mean, dream, but I feel very strongly this was something that he was calling me to even from a very young age. I grew up in rural Iowa where um, there are probably more people living in my current neighborhood than there are in my entire hometown. And um, and it's an all-white community in the middle of Iowa in this rural farming area. And so diversity was, I mean, just it just wasn't there. So we didn't even talk about it because there was nothing to talk about. And so, um, and I love my community. I'm not putting it down. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. And I just remember, um, at a very young age, having interest in things that I, I just didn't know anything about. And that was always very intriguing. And my first Hispanic friend, uh, shout out to Rolando Samago, who I've reached out to before. Like he didn't even know. Um, but the one time it was in fifth grade, we were sitting there it was the end of the school year 
and he was telling me about plans for the summer and his family was from Reynosa, which is on a border town. And he said, we're going to go visit my, my parents' family. And for the first time it dawned on me, like you can go there. You can actually go do things in other countries. And it just started this whole trickle effect of this longing, this desire to meet other people that I don't know anything about. And, oh my gosh, they speak a different language. And, and that just started this, this interest that, um, I didn't necessarily have any other connection to really. And so, I mean, I would do projects on Mexican dresses. I didn't know anything. I mean, I don't even know why I picked stuff like that, you know, or I just always wanted to eat different foods that I didn't know anything about. And so then when I was a freshman in high school, my church had the opportunity, well, a year before or two years before, I can't remember, my my sister um, did a similar trip, and now I was old enough to go. And um, and so I was able to go on this one-week missions trip, I imagine very similar to what you guys just experienced, only primarily with youth and my, my youth pastor. And... Um, Man, it was there where I felt like the Lord was just stretching me. And with the very little Spanish that I had learned in one year in high school, I was able to communicate with one of the girls who was about my age there. And I just started putting a lot of pieces together. Uh, And it was so exciting for me. It was so appealing to dive into something like this. And so then I, I went back after my senior year in high school. I went back again after my freshman year in college. And it was like I, I just had this constant pull uh-huh. of, of constantly, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. So then um, whenever I had that opportunity, I took it. And then in college is when I studied abroad specifically here in Morelia. And it was very, very short amount of time where I fell in love with all of it and just said, Lord, if you ever call me to this, I'm here. And so it took time um, for it to actually cook. And I feel like God was preparing me in a lot of ways I didn't know about at the time. I thought it was just kind of like that horrific waiting period of like, okay, hey, you remember that part where I said I would totally do this? Like, I meant it. (laughs) And, um, but he, you know, looking back, obviously, you see it a lot more clearly that he was preparing us in very different ways that we didn't necessarily see at the time. And we maybe wouldn't have been ready or we maybe would have had different trials or challenges or even failures if we had gone when I thought that it was time. So um, all that to say, it really started for me when I was even a kid and he just kept planting and watering that seed for probably in the neighborhood of 25 years or so. And, and now we're here going on year three. So. I like what you said, that God was cooking it. <laughs> okay, awesome. Awesome. Okay, thank you. Um, and Reggie, tell us a little bit how you got started. Yeah, how so- God, the inspiration that... God gave you. Yeah, sure. So, um, so I feel called to ministry in between my junior and senior year of high school and, um, God surrounded me with a bunch of godly young men and we began to travel. And, uh, actually the way he, he, um, he called me, I think uh, was through a, a time of difficulty in my life. My house burnt, our house burned to the ground. I was separated from my family for about six months. And, um, man, he was just, he was just working 
in me uh, during that time. And so I began to travel, and then I just, man, I just felt that, that I saw God using me and the other men I was with, and there was something about it, and I'm like, yeah, I think this could be mm-hmm. what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Even if it's not what I do the rest of my life, it's still going to be to share Jesus wherever I go, and, and I loved the company that I was with, and um, ultimately I became an ordained, and I can remember my ordination council as we were sitting around and I'd gone through six months of being observed and that sort of thing. And one of them said, so Reggie, if we choose not to ordain you uh, during this time, during this this time together, what, how will that change? What do you do? I said, nothing. And because mm-hmm. it's what God's called me to. Awesome. And so, um, so, you know, I think when it comes to a calling in general, you know, a calling is when God al- aligns our heart with his desires and um and when those two things come together you know it is, it is it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. and so in regards to missions though mm-hmm. in 1993 I went to Honduras and uh my my heart and his desire did not match not at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I came back from Honduras saying like literally no way Jose because I didn't know the language, couldn't communicate. I'm like, I will never do foreign missions. Um, but then meeting Carly, uh, even though I continue to do some some missions uh, in northern Mexico, it was it was a short term in nature. But anyway, I met met Carly, and she talked about her passions, and we discussed. Well, maybe we should we should consider being missionaries immediately. But then that's like, yeah, maybe not yet, and. That's not where my heart is. No, you were not ready, my friend. I was not ready. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but I clarify. do remember saying, you never know what God may do 13 years down the road. And this was in our premarital counseling. Mm-hmm. And 13 years down the road, she was suffocating because she feels heavily that God called her to something in her life. And she was never able to really pursue that. And so, you know, for me, I don't feel like God has called me to something geographically, really. It's just to love people wherever I am, and it goes back to the ordination council. They're mm-hmm. like, if we choose not to not to do this for you, what you going to do? I'm like, I want to keep loving Jesus. Yes. So, um, so I know that's kind of a roundabout answer, but mm-hmm. I feel like I'm here because uh, God has called me through my wife, mm-hmm. you know, to serve my family, but also... Um, just continue serving people like I did. Oh, that's in, very in the important. States. Yeah, yeah. Ser- serve your family, yeah. but serve others as well. Sure, yeah. Okay, so now you guys get married, uh-huh. and you decide to go ahead and follow God's will to go into missions. <laughs> well, we we didn't come down here until we had been married sixteen years. years. Yeah, yeah. 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 Something like no, that. We look young. I don't even know. I'm sure you look at it and say, they, surely they could only be married for the last two years. Yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe. I yeah. know that's how I feel. Uh, yeah, so we, I mean, when we first got married, yeah, Reggie was definitely not ready yet. And um, not for foreign missions. So, I mean, we were always in ministry and we did a lot of other things. But for me, it was just this pulling of my heart that I could not, I couldn't shake it. And I mean, so we've talked to, people have asked us about like, what does it mean to be called? And, you know, there are a lot of different answers to that. For me, it was just this, this deep longing of something that I, I just, I, I couldn't shake. And I, I never felt at home 
in in my own country and um i don't know how to describe that to people who who haven't experienced that you know it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that other people are less than if they Mm -hmm. haven't obviously but um i I don't know how to describe that when you feel more at home in a place you've never lived it's very strange that's um, that's very interesting uh because i was just thinking when you said that uh maybe because you were not where you were supposed to be right then or or he was just it was just the 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 drive the call um and you know you had to go yeah. to to do what God wanted you to do well and part of it too I mean if you don't have that inside you I mean moving to another country anyone who's done it I mean ask mm-hmm. Ed here uh-huh. it's not easy I mean mm-hmm. there's there's nothing easy about it I mean there are challenges all the time that you never see coming I mean it's always a shock and um, it's just like less of a shock the longer you're here, I guess. But, you know, it's it's uh, or you just start laughing at it eventually. But, you know, it, if you don't have that that pull inside yes. of you, if you don't have that that something that you can't really fully understand and explain, you're it's just not going to happen. And yes. it's not going to be a fun process. And mm-hmm. it's going to be only a negative, hard thing. Um, even among the joy, it's just, it's just difficult at times. And so, I mean, right. you cannot think of longevity. You can't think of the long, um, how do you say that in English? The long term, um, cause your, your mentality won't be there the same way. So, right. So. Mm-hmm. so you guys, uh, when you started the mission, um, how old were your children? So we just entered year three. So mm-hmm. they were 14, 13, 11, and no, 10 and eight. They were in between birthdays. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, 14, 13, 10, and eight. And then just right after that became nine and 11. So. Okay. And you guys lived where? What state? We live in Brevard, North Carolina. Brevard, beautiful right. state beautiful. of North Ca- Western yeah. North Carolina. Yes, Brevard, North Carolina. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> well, we didn't. We don't go that far. But. <laughs> <laughs> so now um, you've got children, and you are you're sold out to Christ to go ahead and take this journey of being missionaries. So now, um, how does how does that play in with your children who have been in school in America, mm-hmm. have friends uh, in America, um, family in America, everything's in America. How did that play out? Uh, you know, I, I know you had to seek God and pray and ask him uh, to let things work out in every way. Um, but it had to be a walk as well to, to, do, to, come, to get to that. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, so so we we came a year before we actually committed, just mm-hmm. to just to test the waters and pray through everything, pray through over the city and and talk with the the ministry that we serve with now, and uh, just as, just testing the waters, is this where God has called us? And so we talked with them individually as we left that summer, and they in the, one by one they said, you know, we're called. If you guys are called here then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be okay. It would be hard leaving friends, but, mm-hmm. but we'll be okay. And even uh, Noche, uh, mm-hmm. our son, he said, you know, it would be a chance probably even to start over if we wanted to start over. So saying that then, and then the reality of actually leaving home was mm-hmm. very difficult. And I, I must say transition. you guys have some amazing children, though. Well, thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are pretty 
fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the reality, too, is honestly, I mean, with Ed here, I mean, the the fact that you guys are here is our connection with Ed and, you know, that team of people and even Ed very specifically, um, I feel like they did such an amazing job helping to prepare our kids because, I mean, nothing can fully prepare you. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're diving into until you start experiencing it, but we just can't speak enough about what they did in preparing oh i'm sorry um with ed with uh cit the cultural for or center for intercultural training um and so we spent four weeks um man it just seemed so much in a good way so much longer because we learned so much it's hard to believe it was only four weeks in in all the right ways um and so that training there are two that are like it throughout in the country one in colorado and one in north carolina and we were very fortunate that it was literally an hour hour and a half from our hometown um and it was just so incredible because the training that this group of former missionaries take you through and then through our kids, um, teaching them to be a third culture kid, um, combining two cultures and kind of creating this third culture really helped prepare them, their mentality of what it's going to be like, like you are going to be different no matter what, (laughs) you're never going to be Mexican. Mm -hmm. And, but, but at the same time, you know, after two years, there are so many things that, are so normal and one of the things was you know a lot of conversations with people there were just like you know there are certain things that will never be normal because it's not the way you grew up but at the same time there will be things that just with time it'll normalize and and that'll be their norm and that'll be their their world in a very short period of time where it takes longer for adults to adapt and Mm -hmm. for for kids I mean our youngest you know, barely even was aware of systems when we moved here. So, I mean, we had a lot of faith in people who have gone before us and their advice. And, you know, if they had been the people to say, you should not be doing this, (laughs) you know, there would have been something that we would have needed to listen to in that. Mm -hmm. But instead, when you have good hearted people who have been through those hard times saying you can do this, I mean, there's a lot to be said for that too, but we really felt a lot of confirmation through that training and then just a lot of people walking alongside of like, yeah, you're, you're saying goodbye to a lot of things, but you're also saying yes to a lot of things you would never have the opportunity to experience if you just stayed where you were. And for us, that was a huge driving force that we wanted to expose our kids to things that they simply wouldn't have the opportunity to see if we had stayed in lovely North Carolina, but obviously in our own country. Um, you know, the, just watching my kids become bilingual is just something that warms my heart that I had always dreamed of, but I couldn't just create in, in my own area. So, um, among many, many other challenges that we see the Lord forming and building them in. Yeah. I think also, man, I I just feel like they, they have encountered another culture, seen another way of life, another philosophy of living. And so when, as they get older, they're going to be ahead of the game. They're going to understand, okay, the world is, world is bigger than than my my egocentric view of the way things should, should work because they've lived in another another culture, and so 
know, things like education here, they really value hard work. Okay? In the United States, they really value quality of work. And so here, I mean, so now they, they've get the best of both worlds. Um, you know, in the, non, the United States, I think we value probably socially, uh, maybe even more efficiency sometimes. Like, okay, we'll get together. We're going to be together for an hour and 15 minutes. Man, we're heading home. Here in Mexico, an hour and 15 minutes is an insult. You know, it's and like, you've just yeah. covered the basics of how you're doing. Right. You know, you're going to cover the social side of things, and you're going to build a relationship. And it, I love seeing my kids. Sure. I mean, when we went back to the States, they struggled because our meetings with people were so short. And they're like, uh -huh. well, don't they want to hang out with us more? <laughs> because yeah. in two years, they've learned the value of yes. long conversations and just not being in a rush all the time. So, I mean, there are there are benefits and drawbacks to every culture and they're being exposed to all of that and they're seeing both sides much more clearly than someone just from the outside could experience and i'll say one more thing so when we first got here extreme loneliness and i can remember being with sayla at the bar over there and her just weeping about how lonely she was and then before we left this past summer for our first sabbatical after being here almost two years we went by, one by one, the couch was over there, and I said, "If we had a chance to go home right now, would you go?" And all of them, and they thought about it. It wasn't you just mean, jumping if on they the could return to the U.S. Yeah, sorry, permanently. To, right, we were talking about the United States. Sorry, this is home. And if we could go back to the United States, would you want to go back? And one by one, over 15 minutes of them reasoning it out, they all said, "This is home. This is where we want to be." Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. The Lord is good. He is. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to ask you one more question. Well, actually, two more. And um, would you, you've kind of actually already talked about a little bit of it, but just tell us one struggle, uh, one more struggle that, um, that maybe made it um, a little more, a little difficult than expected or. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of times missions from the outside looking in is, is, can be viewed very romantically. Like, oh man, this is all like butterflies and flowers, you know, and, and there's just a lot of beauty. I'm just going to go and I'm going to tell, talk about Jesus all the time. We're going to sit around with our Bibles open. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And so, and the reality of that is it is not that there are <laughs> elements mm -hmm. But uh, adjusting to a new culture, yes. and it is tough. Mm -hmm. And so, honestly, a struggle for me is, you know, I came in thinking, all right, I'm almost 50 years old. Back then, I just turned 50 last week. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. And um, so, and I thought, you know, God's given me the ability to learn some some things. And so, I'm going to come in. I'm going to use those things. Well, in CIT, I remember very clearly during the, the training with Ed, I remember very clearly saying many times, I've just got to learn these words. Reggie? Shut up. Just don't say anything. Just be quiet. And, and you don't have to be passionate about what you know and what you do. You don't have to tell people what you've done. Because, honestly, being here in, in Mexico, I've been asked maybe ten times of what I've done, what I did back in the States, and nine of those have been from Americans who are visiting. You know, no one, because it really doesn't matter. And so moving here and all of a sudden the things that, value that I valued 
doesn't really carry value here, having to learn to live with that and mm-hmm. just be okay with that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been difficult. It's, I mean, it's great, but that has been a struggle for me. Uh-huh. But I'm saying it with a smile on my face. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, I would love to um, get you guys on the show and uh, talk a little bit more about some things, but we're kind of short in time sure, yeah. tonight. Yeah, yeah. But um, the one last question. So how... Does your heart feel now that you are walking in God's will? You know you're walking in God's will, and you have you've uh, been on this journey for three three years. So you've had some time to get some adjustments in some thing, areas and everything. So now that um, I mean, you know, you know you're walking in in God's will. How does that make your heart feel? So. I would say there is definitely a peace about knowing that you're doing what you feel like he's telling you to do. All that being said, man, the the journey that you are on when doing this is constantly changing. And so you are in constant analysis too of, what, what exactly is God calling me to do? Is, is he calling me to Mexico? Is he calling me to Morelia? Is he calling me to work specifically with an organization? Is he calling me to serve people in general? Is he calling me to just go and then you might find yourself in a waiting period again and you just, you're just doing, doing the thing until he makes that clear. And so there's a, there's a, a peace among the constant chaos too. And I think it causes, I mean, Reggie and I have just been in a lot of conversations lately of what exactly, you know, now that we've been here a while, what exactly is what he's calling us to now that we're here. And even though that may change, there's something about the the peace that you know you're at least where he wants you to be and you're doing the thing he wants you to do now, even if you don't know if that's going to be temporary or long-term. And so I guess for me, it's, uh, a, again, a peace that surpasses all understanding is, is really something we talked about that a lot this summer when we were on furlough. Um, it, it's hard to explain to a lot of people because I won't elaborate, but one of the things I've struggled with is, um, the the loneliness factor of when you leave and people don't understand why you're leaving mm-hmm. and and so there's a the whole topic itself mm-hmm, yeah it's there's a there's a lot of silence um from people that you desperately need um and then when you're in a new culture you don't just mesh in with everybody right away and so there's a loneliness factor even though you have friends and you're doing the activities there's still a loneliness factor that where you haven't developed deep relationships yet. And it's very delayed when you're different. Um, and so, but there is a piece that comes with the package deal, I guess. I mean, and that piece is what's going to keep you where you are. And that piece is going to keep you doing the thing that you're doing. Even when you don't feel like you don't even know what you're doing, um, that piece will conquer those moments. Thank you. Okay, Reggie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've, 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 I, I can't really add anything to what Carly said. Yeah. There's nothing like having that peace with the Lord. 
thank you guys so much. So we're going to keep on going here. So, Ed, you're next up. So now let me tell you guys a little something about Ed. <laughs> this is Ed Somerville, and um, that's the reason we're pretty much all here. <laughs> so we just came off of a week uh, mission in an, or a village uh, doing some missions with his son and his, his son and his family, Scott and Isabel. And um, so uh, Ed and his wife, Debbie, who was a very good friend of mine, um, were in Mexico for, is it 17 years? Mm-hmm. Yes. And now uh, you've got, actually, how many children do you have uh, doing missions now? Mm. Two or three. <laughs> Two or three, yeah. So, so we're here. We've been here uh, with Scott um, and Isabel for a week, and um, and we've been. Uh, Ed has put together a, 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 an awesome team. I'm telling you, um, a lot of work got done. A lot of praying got done. Praying was work too. <laughs> um, but uh, would you just kind of talk to us just a little bit uh, where your heart is right now? Oh, yeah. Well, my heart is very full. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was an amazing journey and adventure for us. Um, when we got called to go to the field, we had this large family with all these kids. And so I, I can really feel for you guys that that was... Uh, just a, just God's work and and uh, moving on their hearts, and we moved to um, we moved to a small village, a couple hours south of Mexico City, and started to work there, um, trying to develop a Christian camp, and then uh, later a missionary training center in Spanish for Mexicans who were feeling called to go to other parts of the world, and so to watch our kids uh, going through those same struggles and the the transition and yeah, the loneliness and the the hard things, but also all the 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 experiences, the and the adventures that they had. And like one of my sons, you know, catches a boa constrictor and brings it home. You know? <laughs> that wouldn't have happened back in the states. So me chasing a vampire bat out from underneath their bunk beds with a broom in the middle of the night. And I mean, we got lots of stories to share. Um, and we've met a lot of amazing people and had some great times. But um, so one of my sons then, um, as he was growing up um, and getting older, uh, he met this lovely uh, Mexican missionary girl named Isabel. And um, they fell in love and they got married and felt called to do, to, to do missions work themselves which is really, it, it's something really, really special that, that you know, you don't expect all your kids to, to necessarily follow in your footsteps, but, but um, to, have, to have one of your kids to, to have lived that life and watch what you were doing and then to feel like they wanted to do the same thing, oh, that, that just, it, it really touches you deeply in your heart. And um, this particular uh, child uh, Scott, um, uh, I, he knows this. I tease him about it. But of all our children, and we we have eight children, but I said I probably spanked him more than the other seven put together, 
And uh, he was a mess. And you kind of looked at him, you just kind of go, wow, you know, what does God have for this guy? And so to see him now uh, doing a very, just an outstanding job in a very dangerous and challenging situation and where these gifts came from that, that he's exercised has to be God <laughs> because, I mean, just like we had no idea what he was going to turn out to be. And yet he's just doing an, a marvelous Fabulous. job. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Very, very faithful and courageous. Very. And um, a, lot of, a lot of talents and abilities that may have been hidden when he was younger but are coming out. And so it's just something that... That just makes um, me and and my wife Debbie just we are just so humbled that he would choose to kind of follow in our footsteps, and we are just so proud mm-hmm. of him. So mm-hmm. we're all proud of him. I yeah. tell you, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, right. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, whenever Ed and Deb were uh, doing missions, I always wanted to go out and help. Uh, Debbie make the Thanksgiving dinner. I wanted her to just rest and I, I actually wanted to make it so she could rest, but I never did get there, but my daughter KC did. And But now, since you guys have uh, have came back to America and Scott and Isabel are here, the Lord blessed me to be able to come and, uh, and be with Scott and Isabel. So I'm just very, very grateful for that. Uh, is there anything else you want to add, Ed? Okay, all right. So now we're going to talk to Miss Sonia Tweedy over here from Polk County. <laughs> so Sonia, um, actually, this is both Sonia and my first time. Is that right? Your first time on a mission? Yes. Yes, my first time as well. And um, um, I, just like I say, God just, um, he always knows what he's doing. And uh, he has... Um, uh, everybody and Sonia, I've heard Sonia say it a time or two. Um, everybody did their part uh, on this trip. Um, but first, before I ask you this question, I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask this question. I just wanted one of you guys to uh, l- explain what indigenous is, because okay. we keep talking about an ad- indigenous mm-hmm. village. Yeah. Um, back in the old days, we would have called it an Indian village, but Indians live in India, and so it's just the, it's just um, the native people, um, and and in Mexico, there's a tremendous amount of diversity, uh, probably because the land is so rugged, and so just different tribes and groups didn't travel that much, but there are 300 major languages in Mexico, and over a thousand different dialects of languages, um, so each one of these people groups um, are at different levels of having been reached by the gospel or not. And um, right now there are, from what I understand, like 8, 10, 12 of these uh, tribal groups that are considered totally unreached with the gospel. And um, one of the less reached groups is the group where we went, about 180,000 uh, members in this tribal group, and uh, just a handful of believers there who are still suffering quite a bit of persecution because they've abandoned the traditional religion and then and uh, to to accept Christianity. So it's a, it's a hard hard slogging for them, and we need to be praying uh, for them. And and there's Scott and Isabel in that in that context, uh, working hard to try to 
evangelize and establish a, a small church that's kind of struggling, but to try to help uh, help it to become stronger and and see that village really reach with the gospel. Yes, thank you, Ed. Okay, all right, Miss Sonia. Um, so now you have been ministering for over twenty eight years. Yes, and God called you to come out on this mission. Yes. And he really used you mightily uh, while you were here. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you are ministering abroad now. Yes. Yes. So just t- tell to us a little bit about where your heart is now. Wow. Um, my heart is still to share the gospel and uh, come and saying that we have in our group and in our area, uh, use words when necessary to be able to go out and share Jesus in a way that's simple, where the people can receive it, and then be willing to look at your lifestyle and say, hey, I can do this. This Mm -hmm. is where my heart is at. Um, I have always tried to live a life that would glorify him, uh, very mindful of my actions. Sometimes I stumbled, and but being able to recover and realize that this walk was more about others than myself. And it's something that Brother Ed had said during our studies, for the sake of Jesus. Mm -hmm. For the sake of Jesus. And a lot of times I find that individuals want to talk about Jesus, have conversations. But when it comes to living that lifestyle, Mm -hmm. it's another story. So... This mission trip has really opened my eyes to the need um, outside of the United States. However, my question to God before I arrived was, who's going to send missions in to the United States? Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, we can see outside of the United States and we can see the need. And I know this trip is in regards to Mexico but it's many citizens in the United States now yes. <laughs> that need to be ministered unto. Yes. That's in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So this journey started with me two years ago. Um, I attempted to get here to the indigenous people with Scott and Isabella um, two years ago, and there was a there was a blockage. Many things started happening. However, being there. The Lord revealed to me, now is the time for such a time as this. And I can honestly say I went in blindly. Only thing I told God was, I will do whatever you're asking of me. If it was painting, if it was just sitting down with someone, I never expected him to allow me to truly walk in the calling that he had set forth for me, the mantle that he had allowed me to allow to rest upon me. So as I was there, um, I, the prayer, I felt like I was not helping a lot because I was always somewhere praying. Uh, but at the same time, I discovered that he was downloading things inside of me in that prayer time to share with these individuals. And so I realized that as Scott and Isabel and the people of that village, they needed encouragement. Mm-hmm. 
And I discovered that no matter where you are in the world, and when you're truly following your calling for God, in God, there's a struggle. And God will send someone in to encourage you. Many of us in our group talked about how we had had it rough for the, the month of October was like a nightmare, not realizing that we were interceding before we arrived to our destination. And so to be able to come in and witness and confirm things that the Lord was speaking until the individuals there, it was, it was, it increased my faith. The one thing I was able to take away from this mission trip is, yes, you do, you do hear, you do hear God. Because sometimes you can be amongst people and because they do not hear God the way you hear God and they do not understand how God uh, communicate with you, it makes you doubt yourself. So to be able to go into this environment where there's no preconceived ideas, where there's no outlines or, or requirements according to man set rules, for lack of a term, um, it was eye-opening, and it was what I needed. Although God allowed me to speak unto them, he gave me the assurance that, yes, you're hearing me. And everything that I've spoken unto you, every promise shall come to pass. And that's the same message he wanted us to convey to them and to you too. Every promise will come to pass. Because we're doing it, as Ed Somerville mm -hmm. said, for the sake of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you. Um, amen. Uh, even though we went to be a blessing to them, we were also blessed. Yes. Amen. Okay, Miss um, Eva. Miss Eva, you have been running the road this year. <laughs> <laughs> Eva has been to three countries. Excuse me, three countries this year. Yes. Tell us where your heart is right now. Well. I'm a third-generation missionary, so I saw two generations before me go, and in middle school, I said to God, Lord, I don't want to be a missionary, <laughs> because I saw the struggle and how hard it was, and at that point in my life, I couldn't understand why they would go, so it took a long time for God to bring me to the point where I could see that going around the world it's just like going to visit other family members. We're all the body of Christ. Yes, There's amen. only one body of Christ. So whether your brother and sister in Christ is in the U.S. or is in Mexico, you're still just going to see family. Mm -hmm. And the rewards from the obedience, when God calls you to do something, if you'll walk in what he called you to do, the rewards are unimaginable. He will just bless you over and over again. And you will be blessed because you will see so many other people and how much God loves them and wants to reach them. Mm -hmm. And so it makes you feel that life is worthwhile. Yes. There is a point. God does have a plan. 
and he is reaching everyone in this world. Yes. Amen. So. Thank you so much. Amen. And and actually we do have a recording with um Eva. If you can go back and you can go back and watch it and she tells her story about how uh God called her dad your dad, a granddad? Grandpa. Grandfather uh to start uh churches in the Philippines. Amen. Um Bob. <laughs> I tell you what, Bob has we keep losing Bob because he's out he's somewhere doing he's somewhere working. Yeah, he has been amazing. Bob, would you just kind of tell us a little bit about um uh some of the things that you did while you while we were here? Well, first I want to say I'm excited about Jesus and I'm yes. thankful. He always says that and it's always like um an amazing and a revelation every time he does it every time he says it i've known scott since he was five years old and to see him as a missionary with ywam youth with a mission now uh, i'm very proud of him um one of the things i did was able to help scott get his truck fixed so that it's safe to drive on the roads i also spent some time painting one of the shipping containers they have there i uh, helped install a water tank they needed and I helped repair another water tank. I also uh, did some wiring electrical work for receptacles and lights. Mm -hmm. Amen. And, and if you really go into detail, there's a lot more to it than just, than just what he said. So thank you. Thank you so much, Bob, because you were amazing. You were such a blessing, are such a blessing uh, uh, to the team. Thank you so much for everything that you've done. All right, so... Uh, well, what about you, Kim? Where's your heart? <laughs> okay. What's your heart right now? Where is your heart right now? Well, I tell you, um, a few months ago, the Lord just gently whispered to me, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. And when he said it, I was just like, you know, I kind of had to get together. What are the, the desires of my heart, you know? And... Um, but, you know, throughout my lifetime, I've had different things that I've desired. And, and of course, whenever you love the Lord, whenever you are, when you humble yourself and let Christ be your Savior, the desires of your heart is His desires. And um, I, I even had some people I had to go and apologize to because, you know, I hadn't seen them. And I was like, I need to apologize to them. And uh, so he let me walk right into them and <laughs> you know but just so many so many different things um just like this um being able to to do this mission trip was one of the de my desires and uh, not just this mission trip but I'd like to do more I just want to keep on serving God um and um my heart is to uh just walk in his will and so there there's been many little things that he has uh, brought to pass uh, for me since then, and that, and you know, he God just inspires me and just continues to reveal Himself to me, and um, and I'm one of those kids that I just want to do everything, <laughs> you know. But um, because He made this world, and He wants us to enjoy it, and something, uh, Carly, you, you there was a few things that you said, probably about three or four things you said. Every time you would say something, I was like, because this is life, and then this is life, 
and but we're enjoying life as well. This is life, and we're enjoying life. This that's awesome that God would put these two uh, podcasts together uh, tonight. And um, I just want to thank you guys for uh, when we first got here, y'all came and got us, yeah. <laughs> uh, put us up for a night, and fed us so good, and uh-huh. and then we're getting ready to to go back. Uh, to America and you, you're putting us up again and we're getting ready to eat and I just want to thank you guys for taking your time out and uh, I did mention to you last week <coughs> excuse me last week that I wanted to do a podcast um, when we got back today and y'all were ready for us and everything thank you so much yeah you're welcome it's our, it's our pleasure no, yeah, Reggie was giddy when you said the words, so you, you fed his heart, too. Wonderful, wonderful. So now, if we would just end up um, with uh, Ed, did you have that scripture ready? Yeah. Uh, every morning, we would um, do our, um, we'd spend some time together talking about, uh, we'd debrief and everything and get ready for the day and everything, and so... Um, and we, we actually fasted. Each person took a, a day to fast. And um, on Ed's day that he did, actually, and each person did a devotion as well. And on their devotion day, they we fasted. And so uh, this was part of, I don't know if this was on your day or not, because uh, you, you was, it, was it on your day? It was on Sonia's day? Okay. <laughs> he would always add, add a little something to it, mm-hmm. and we really appreciate that. And yeah. We appreciate how you uh, led this team Thank and uh, took care of everything, and you didn't miss a beat. <laughs> Thank you. And so uh, you. this is yeah. why you were talking about this is why. Why would somebody do missions? Why would somebody um, uh Minister, why would somebody uh, uh, follow God? Mm-hmm. And so this is the answer. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think about there's my son, my daughter-in-law, two little granddaughters, and they're in a very dangerous part of the world. I mean, the, the cartel activity is hot all around them. They wake up in the night and they hear gunshots and they see things as they drive up and down the road. And the, the little community that they're in is uh, saying of like, battles for territory in the cartel and people would just look at that and wonder like what why would you put yourself in that danger why would you risk that and you know um i think i think scott and isabel have good company in the apostle paul who uh, had such a burden of love for the people that he went to that he was willing to risk everything Mm-hmm. And so, you know, missions can really come down to be kind of a life or death proposition. And Jesus said, you know, when I call you to follow me, that involves a cross. I think Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, when, a man, when Jesus calls a man to follow him, he calls him to come and die. And so this verse is talking about the, the willingness of, of a missionary to lay down his life mm-hmm. because in being willing to lay down his life he makes life and eternal life possible for the ones that he's going to to reach so uh, this is from second uh, corinthians uh, chapter four and it's just three verses it says we paul and his companions and now 
us that have been out here on the mission field. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. And he concludes, So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. And I was just explaining to the group that this is a a very uh, carefully crafted little passage of these three verses um, and it's got these words death life life death but it's all designed by the Holy Spirit to focus your attention on the hinge right in the middle of the section three little words that answer the question that I was asking many times brother Ed are you crazy what are you thinking why would you take your family to a place where they have vampire bats and scorpions and rattlesnakes and why you can't even drink the water and the answer is these three little words for jesus sake amen for jesus amen ed if you would uh, there may be somebody out there who has been thinking about missions um maybe god's inspiring someone or whispering uh and wooing them to him to uh go out there on the mission field uh would you uh, close us out in prayer would you pray for them Lord Jesus, when you came into our hearts, our hearts were touched and our hearts were changed. You came to take up uh, a dwelling. You, you came to live inside of us. And when we think about you and what you did, you did that for the whole world. And your heart is for the whole world. And your heart is inside of us. And so you've called us to follow you. You want us to have the same heart that you have. And it's a big heart. So, Lord, I pray that you give us more of a burden and more of an urgency for the people around the world who have never heard of you, who've never met a Christian, who've never seen a Bible. And sad to say, that is a large number of people. I understand it, Lord. It's nearly 40% of the people in the world right now today don't have the first idea of how much you love them. And God, that's a responsibility that you've laid on your church. That's a call that you've put on each one of your children. And so right now, just for anyone that may be listening, I just pray that you would stir their heart, that you would remind them of your heart, and Lord, it's not everybody that goes, but some do. But we all have the responsibility to try to get your message of love to a world that so desperately needs it. Whether that be through going or giving or supporting, whatever way, we will face you one day and we will give an account of what we did with the love that you put in our life and the resources that you gave us. And whether we were faithful or not, and carry your message to a world that so desperately needs it. Help us, Lord God. Help us so that when you return, you will find us faithful in carrying out that mission. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.